When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In today's show, Bitcoin miner outflow ratio hits a six-month high and a new threat to the Bitcoin price. That's right. Bitcoin miners are upping sales, but Bitcoin price metrics hint that a relief rally could be next. Also in today's show, former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried denies improper use of customer funds in his latest interview. That's right. According to the former CEO, at the time of filing for bankruptcy, FTX US was solvent. Also in today's show, Mike Novogratz says Bankman-Fried is delusional and headed to jail in a recent interview. That's right. The Galaxy Digital CEO alleged Bankman Freed and his cohorts perpetuated fraud and suggested they should be in jail. Also in today's show, breaking news, Italy to impose a 26% capital gains tax on crypto profits. That's right. The 26% capital gains tax will be imposed on crypto trading profits larger than 2,000 euros, which is currently $2,062. Also in today's show, Ripple versus the SEC, crypto legal expert breaks down the upcoming ruling in the XRP lawsuit. I'll be breaking down the the latest details. Also in today's show, Mike Novogratz backs off of his call for the Bitcoin price to hit $500,000 in five years and blames the Fed rate hikes. That's right. Bitcoin now faces a tougher path to eventually reaching that half a million dollar Bitcoin target. According to Novogratz, the Galaxy Digital Executive Chief backing down from his previous prediction that the token would hit that level within five years. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome everyone just tuning in to today's live show of Crypto News Alerts podcast episode number 1121 of the Crypto News Alerts pod and today is December 2nd, 2022 and we have lots to cover so let's dive right into today's Crypto Market Watch. We can see Bitcoin is down 0.32% trading just under $17,000 at the time of this live stream. We got Ether up a half a percent trading just under $1,300 while Polkadot, Avalanche and Cardano are in the green, while Binance Coin, XRP, and Doge are in the red. And checking out CoinMarketCap.com, the current crypto market cap is sitting at $851 billion with $41 billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the current Bitcoin dominance at 38 
18.1%, and the Ether dominance on the rise at 18.4%. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers in the past 24 hours. Let's get the latest refresh. We got the Trust Wallet token leading the pack of 18%, trading at $2.44. FYI, this was developed by Binance. We also have Ethereum. POW, which is Ethereum proof of work, up 0.04%, trading at $3.88, followed by Terra Classic up 11%, and trading at 0.00017. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week, we can see a sea of green for the alts, which is definitely a good sign. We got FTM up 35%. We got GMX up 22%, and APE up 22.5%. And checking out one of my favorite indicators, Crypto Greed and Fear Index shows we're currently rated 27 in fear same as yesterday last week a 20 in extreme fear and last month a 30 in fear and if you're not familiar with the crypto greed and fear index extreme fear can be a sign investors are too worried that could be a great buying opportunity like we're witnessing right now btfd buy that freaking dip and when investors are getting too greedy that means the market is due for a correction. So there you have it. I want to welcome everyone just tuning in to today's live show. Next, let's dive right into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Bitcoin entering a prime low risk bottom zone as sellers finally accept their FTX losses. That's right. Data from on-chain analytics glass node shows that seller exhaustion is reaching ideal levels for the king crypto price leg up. That's right. Almost one month after the FTX implosion began, Bitcoin investors have either capitulated and sold at a loss or continue to hodl unrealized losses. Keep it in mind, one Bitcoin is still the equivalent to one Bitcoin. And if you didn't sell, you really didn't lose anything. As Cointelegraph reported, those losses became significant just days after the event with over 50% of the Bitcoin supply held in the red. Now, another on-chain metric is painting a potentially more bullish picture when it comes to hodlers loss-making Bitcoin investments. The seller exhaustion constant, which measures the relationship between supply and profit and 30-day volatility, is repeating behavior from June of this year, originally created by ARK Invest and David Puel, responsible for the Puel multiple. The seller exhaustion constant suggests that when the volatility is low but losses are high, it is less likely the Bitcoin will go lower quoting them here. Specifically, the combo of low volatility and high losses is associated with capitulation, complacency, and bottoming out of the Bitcoin price. Arc explained that situation reflects the current status quo. And if the June price action repeats itself, a relief rally should be due for the king crypto. And in its own description, Glassnode describes such conditions as low risk bottoms, which you can see in this seller exhaustion constant chart. And now check this out. Hurdles to that relief rally come into fruition, nonetheless remain. Bitcoin miners fear to be entering a new wave of capitulation, having up sales of Bitcoin reserves, according to the latest data, facing the perfect storm of record hash rate and fading profit margins. Miners have signaled that upheaval is coming, with Bitcoin network fundamentals only now beginning to adjust to reflect it. Quoting William Clemente, right here, we are potentially entering into a double bottom dip minor capitulatory period, he said, and reflexivity research warned this week, referring to the popular hash ribbons metric used to monitor minor profitability, quoting them here, hash ribbons has just initiated a bearish cross. Historically, this has been a leading indicator of minor capitulation and also Glassnode's minor outflow multiple, which measures the Bitcoin outflows from minor wallets relative to their one-year moving average, is now at its highest 
highest in six months at 1.073. The multiple, as with seller exhaustion, nonetheless echoes the June macro Bitcoin price bottom. So there you have it. Let me know if you are currently short-term bullish or bearish on the King Crypto for the rest of this year as we have less than a month until we kick off 2023. With that being shared, now let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss Bankman Freed's latest interview and him claiming that it was a mistake and uh, he did not uh, utilize in proper use of the customer funds in which we already know he did. Now check this out. An interview between the former FTX CEO Bankman Fried and George Stephanopoulos aired on Google Morning America December 1st. In the interview, SBF was insistent that FTX was not a Ponzi scheme but a real business. The former CEO also denied any knowledge of FTX customer deposits being used to pay Alameda Research creditors as reports claimed by Alameda CEO Caroline Ellison. And according to him, he had no knowledge of any improper use of customer funds, which we know he's all telling lies, and he doesn't stop this dude. He's just doubling down. Bankman Fried also admitted he is not spending any time and effort trying to manage the risk on FTX. Here's what he shared. There is something, maybe even deeply wrong there, which was I wasn't even trying. Like I wasn't spending any time or effort trying to manage risk on FTX, and that was obviously a mistake. If I had been spending an hour a day thinking about risk management on FTX, I don't think this would have happened, and I don't feel good about that. Now, following the collapse of FTX, the former billionaire has allegedly lost his fortune. He claimed to now only have $100,000 in his bank account and just one ATM card after his net worth was previously valued at an estimated $20 billion. Could this be the biggest fall of income for an individual going from worth $20 billion to $100,000? And would it take a couple of weeks? But moving forward, Bankman Fried shared that his focus is working through the right regulatory and legal processes, trying to focus on what I can do forward to help people. How about you start by stop tweeting? <laughs> After hours of the interview, the former CEO took to his Twitter account to expand on statements made in another interview, which took place the night before on the New York Times Dealbook Summit, which was live November 30th. In the tweet, the CEO insisted that at the time of the filing of the Chapter 11 bankruptcy, he was fairly sure FTX U.S. was solvent and that all U.S. customers would be made whole in his words. To my knowledge, it still is today. I am not sure why U.S. withdrawals were turned off, which he shares here on crypto Twitter. And on November 16th, Scam Bankman Freed expressed deep regret over filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, calling it his biggest single F up. And according to screenshots of the Twitter convo between Vox reporter Kelsey Piper and Bankman Freed, the former FTX CEO said that although he has made multiple mistakes, the biggest one was listening to what people told him to do in filing for the chapter 11 bankruptcy. So there you have it. How many of you have actually watched these bizarre interviews with Bankman Freed? And isn't it ironic day after day, he has another platform to share his uh, propaganda, trying to cover up and making it seem like an innocent mistake when we all know the shenanigans behind the scenes which were going on, which leads us to our next uh, story of the day in which Novogratz says in a recent interview that Bankman Freed should serve jail time. Now, I agree with that. I believe what he did was fraudulent and hopefully um, the court system is just and he has to pay for his crimes. But unfortunately, at the same time, it seems that a lot of the very high, highly powerful people, the upper ups, the elite, 
have been protecting him. We know that uh, SBF is doing business with the SEC, a very dirty organization led by Gary Gensler. So there's collusion involved, absolutely. So do keep that in mind. But nonetheless, here's what Novogratz has to say. Former FTX CEO Bankman-Fried has been lambasted this week following a series of controversial public appearances with Galaxy Digital's Mike Novogratz, one of the latest to dish out a lashing to the former kingpin of crypto. December 1st, Galaxy Digital CEO unleashed a tirade of criticism towards SBF concerning his interview with Andrew Ross Sorkin at the New York Times annual Dealbook Summit November 30th. Speaking of Bloomberg, Novogratz characterized SBF as delusional following his declaration in the live interview that he never tried to commit fraud. <laughs> it's kind of surprising that his lawyers are letting him speak, Novogratz said before adding, having watched two interviews, the word delusional kept coming to mind. Now, the lambaston didn't stop there with Novogratz echoing sentiment from many prominent figures in the crypto community that jail time is necessary for the former FTX CEO. The reality is that Sam and his cohorts perpetuated a fraud. He stole money from people. People should go to jail. Absolutely. We're talking about stealing insane amount of money, upwards of $30 billion, and over a million investors have been in, in uh I was going to say infected, impacted. Galaxy Digital is among the victims of the FTX collapse, having disclosed 76.8 million exposure to the bankrupt firm. Ouch. Talk about massive losses coming from Novogratz. First, he had the Luna implosion and now FTX. The former FTX CEO also appears to be taking part in a spree of media appearances over the last few days. During an interview on Good Morning America on December 1st, Bankman Fried insisted that FTX was not a Ponzi scheme. It was a real business. Sure, tell it to the judge and denied knowledge of FTX customer deposits being used to pay Alameda creditors. And in a recent Twitter Spaces interview with IBC Group founder and CEO, Mario Nafal, SBF again pleaded ignorance to what was occurring with his companies. When asked about what actually happened, his re response was very, very vague. I, you know, basically, and I should caveat this by stating that I unfortunately don't have access to most of the data right now. He said the reaction was equally voiceless, with many suggesting SBF was trying to paint a picture of his unfamiliarity and ignorance of what was going on. Yeah, facts. Kraken co-founder Jesse Powell called SBF out for misunderstanding how margin trading works, quoting the Kraken co-founder here. SBF is completely full of ish about how margin trading works. He is saying that the whole exchange operated on a net account equity model and anybody can borrow anything in any amount from client funds or from nowhere. That's not how it should work. And the creator of BitBoy Crypto, Ben Armstrong, understood to have arranged his Twitter Spaces event with SBF set for December 3rd, which is tomorrow. Meanwhile, the crypto community has roasted SBF this week over his incoherent responses and lack of of accountability on December 1st, Reflective Research co-founder and on-chain analyst Juan Clemente said NYT interview was painful to watch, adding, SPF is clearly talking straight out of his arse. Can't give a straight answer, even look at the camera. He is just digging himself in a deeper hole. I agree 100%, but what are your thoughts surrounding this <laughs> worldwide uh, speaking spree uh, that he is going on and what do you think is likely to happen to Bankman Freed? Do you think he is likely to get away with all of his crimes or do you think he will be punished accordingly? Let me know your honest 
two Satoshis in the comments right down below. And with that being shared, now for some breaking news in Italy. Now, just FYI, I am Italian-American. My family comes from Italy. That's right. Uh, my mom's side's from Sicily. My dad's side from Naples. So when I read this, I'm like, no, what in the world are you guys doing over there? But nonetheless, uh, they're um, proposing a 26% crypto tax on capital gains, which is insane to say the least, but here's the breakdown. Italy is planning to tighten regulations on digital currencies in 2023 by expanding its tax laws to include crypto trading, according to budget documentation released on December 1st, including in its 2023 budget are plans to impose a 26% levy on profits larger than 2,000 euros, which is approximately $2,062 made on crypto trading, according to Bloomberg. And historically, digital currencies have had lower tax rates because they have been considered foreign currency. If the proposed bill is signed into law, taxpayers will have the option to declare their value of their digital asset holdings as of January 1st and pay a 14% tax. This is intended to incentivize Italians to declare their digital assets on their tax returns. And according to Tripe A data, a 2.3% of the Italian population, which equates to about roughly 1.3 million people, currently own crypto assets. And by July of 2022, it was estimated that about 57% of crypto users were male, while 43% of users were female, with most of its users belonging to the 28 to 38 age group. Now, Italy appears to be following in Portugal's footsteps. In October, Portugal, once known for being a crypto tax haven, proposed a 28% tax on capital gains from cryptos held for less than a year, which is short term. Now, in its 2023 state budget, the Portuguese government addressed the taxation of cryptos, which had been previously left untouched by tax authorities because digital assets were not recognized as legal tender. Now, Portugal intends to create a broad and adequate tax framework aimed at addressing the taxation and classification of cryptocurrencies. The proposed tax bill covers operations involving crypto mining and trading as well as capital gains. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this 26% capital gains tax? Hey, that's one of the reasons I'm in Puerto Rico as it is a tax shelter and considered the crypto mecca of the United States as if you qualify for their act 60, there are no capital gains tax on all investments, and this includes cryptocurrency. And if you don't know, now you know. But with that being shared, now let's discuss our next story of the day, which is XRP versus the SEC and the latest of what's going on with this drawn-out lawsuit. A legal expert is weighing in on how the judge in the legal battle between SEC and Ripple Labs will likely proceed. Crypto attorney James Fillon says he expects the U.S. District Judge Torres to decide which documents to unseal in the case when making a summary judgment, not before. There are three big issues outstanding. Number one, summary judgment motions. Number two, expert challenges. And number three, sealing issues regarding the expert reports, the Hinman documents, and other material relied on by the SEC and Ripple in their motions. The SEC first sued Ripple in late 2020. That's right. Insane. We're talking about two years ago, arguing that the payments firm sold the crypto asset XRP as an unregistered security. Now, Ripple scored a recent legal victory when the court ruled in its favor, saying that the SEC must produce documents that Ripple intended to use as evidence, including a speech of interest by its former director of corporate finance, William Hinman, along with related drafts and internal emails. The speech made by Hinman in 2018 stated that Ethereum was not 
a security. However, now the SEC and Gary Gensler is saying that Ethereum is in fact a security. Villain says since the Hinman documents remain sealed, any references to them in upcoming court filings will likely be redacted, quoting him here, to the extent the Hinman documents are referenced, I think the SEC will redact those references as they have in the past. I also don't think that Judge Torres will rule on the sealing issue soon after January 9th because it's probably isn't how Judge Torres is going to approach the remainder of this case. Fillon says that the judge is likely to make one sweeping ruling during her summary judgment, just like she did in the previous cases. Quoting him here, this is exactly what the judge did in the case involving Goldman Sachs that had sealing disputes, challenges to the experts, and motions for summary judgment. When she decided those issues, she did it at the same time in one ruling. And in a footnote in that ruling, she basically said, if it is discussed here in my opinion, it's a judicial document. I relied on it and it will be made public. So I don't think we should expect a separate ruling on the sealing of the expert materials, the Hinman documents or other material relied on by the parties. I believe that she will decide everything together and it won't be until she rules on the motions of the summary judgment and it will be in one big written ruling. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this ruling for the XRP versus SEC? Do you think it will come to fruition anytime soon? And once there is clarity and XRP is deemed either maybe a commodity, a bridge currency, or even a security, what do you think that will likely do to the rest of the crypto market? XRP price has obviously been suppressed for the past two years. So do you think that the SEC is purposely uh, doing this to harm investors, or do you think they're doing this to protect investors? That's the million dollar question. And I know many of you obviously know the correct answers. So let me know in the comments right down below. And with that being shared, now let's dive into our final story of the day and discuss an update from Mike Novogratz. I've been covering this prediction here on the show. So he made a change and says he no longer believes that Bitcoin is likely to hit a half a million dollars per coin within the next five years. So it's important I share this latest update from Mike Novogratz himself. So here's the latest. Bitcoin now faces a tougher path to eventually reaching a half a million dollars, according to Novogratz, with the Galaxy Digital Chief Executive backing down from his previous prediction that the token would hit that level within five years. Novogratz said in a recent interview with the Federal Reserve's monetary tightening campaign led by Jerome Powell, uh, which has been the key factor that caused Bitcoin's price to plunge 63% to just under $17,000 this year. He says, no, not in five years. He told Bloomberg TV when asked about a previous prediction he made, the Bitcoin would hit a half a million by 2027. Now, the biggest change that has happened and the real reason Bitcoin went down from 69000 to near 20000 is that Jay Powell decided to find his central banking superpowers and started bashing inflation over the head with a series of rate hikes. Novogratz added, the Fed has raised interest rates by an outside 75 basis points at each of its last four meetings in a bid to crush inflation, which hit 40-year highs before easing modestly to 7.7% in October. That was weighed on economic growth in the tech stocks as well as digital assets, which are now mer- or, uh, yeah, mirrored in a brutal slump that some have labeled crypto winter, in fact. The industry has also faced a string of high-profile bankruptcies, including asset manager Three Arrows Capital, lending firms BlockFi and Celsius, as well as Sam Bankman-Fried's exchange FTX, which all collapsed last month after suffering solvency crisis. Those implosions won't weigh on Bitcoin's long-term price, according to Novogratz, quoting him again here. 
the Fed's in control and they're doing a darn good job. And that's the main reason why crypto went down, he said. The rest of this malarkey that we have had between Three Arrows and BlockFi and Celsius and all of these companies that were either poorly run or fraudulently run certainly is hurting the overall confidence in crypto. But this too shall pass. They will be brushed off into the dustbin of history and the industry itself is going to emerge having learned lessons and you're going to see the price take back off said Novagrass. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the once bullish Luna dog, <laughs> which is uh, the one and only Novagrass. Do you feel that uh, the Bitcoin price is likely not on track to hit that massive whopping half a million dollar target in five years, which would be around the year 2027. Uh, however, when do you feel the Bitcoin price is likely to reach a new all-time high? Are you in the camp that believes we could potentially do so in 2023, eclipsing the current all-time high we reached uh, last year in November of 69,000? Or do you feel it's not likely to return to that all-time high until the next halving the following year, which would be 2020? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.